episode 100 of the Biv and James Isles Show. What problem are you trying to solve? Radio team, welcome along to episode 100, episode 100 of the Biv and James I'll Show, your fortnightly podcast on the behaviours that create a lifetime love of fitness so you can get all the benefits that come alongside of it. It's kind of crazy to think this is episode 100. Uh, this show, I know numbers, it's funny with podcasting because I haven't been a, we- a fortnightly show forever. And also, by the way, you can tell I'm losing my voice. I talk too much and it's partly why. But basically, I started this show in, let's have a look, episode number one was called Skills and that's when it was fitness behavior in the September the 6th, 2010. So this show's been going for seven years. Uh, episode 100, I suppose it's significant in some ways because it's a big number, but um, yeah, uh, hopefully I'm still achieving what I hope to achieve when I started this show. When I started this show, I wanted to do a show that was different to all the other fitness podcasts out there because fundamentally, I believe most of the people in the fitness industry are selling the wrong message. They're selling a message of image and they're selling a message of, I don't know, that ultimately I think I think isn't really, it's unfair for me to say that it's not helping people. Lots of people are creating great content that helps people. But I wanted to come at it from an angle of what are the behaviors and the mindsets and the mind strategies that we can use to be successful and having long-term fitness and healthy living in our lives. And the fact that it's been going for seven years, it's kind of cool. Um, and yeah, so thank you if you've been an audience member for that time. And if you're newer to the podcast, go back and check out some of the old shows. I've got what, 100 episodes now, so yeah, something in there for you. Uh, this week's show, I've got some, I've got a, an interesting topic. I, I've really fallen away from interviews recently, and it's partly just because I've been so busy, I've had no time to plan interviews. So I'm hoping that once I get back through probably the next couple of weeks, I'll look to get some interviews back into the show, but I've just been kind of busy with an exciting thing and I can actually start to talk about it now so if you've been listening to this show for a while you know that probably around September October last year I started talking about how I've been working on a product that I can introduce to the internet and it's it's just about ready and I I can actually start promoting it now and the product's called my 5k dream and my 5k dream is a product that is a total beginner 5k running program for females between the ages of 35 to 55 and it's basically an online course it's this video course that's I've put a lot of work into it so basically if you know what I've done for the last since about 2008 I've had a running business here in Christchurch and it's now in Wellington and uh, about 2010 or maybe even about 2010 we started what we call get up to five which is our beginner running program if you've listened to the show for a while you know i've talked about this this product on the show a lot and we've been really successful in taking the beginner exercise of someone who's done nothing of exercise to achieve the goal of running 5ks and you know i've just learned you know a big part of my lessons as a fitness professional has been helping the beginner exerciser because I've just learned so many lessons I would have never learned if I just helped the fit people get fit and you know it's been so valuable for me and for the longest time I've never really focused on trying to create an internet product because I really believe in the power of 
my local community. I want to be a leader in my community. And so I've never really tried to do that. But I have a cousin who's quite an entrepreneur or so, and he said, you need to do it, Bev, because look at how you're affecting those people in your community. And if you could create an amazing product in the internet, then you can affect people around the world. And, that, and something about him saying that really triggered something in me. So around October last year, I started setting up what would be a course that would be a really successful course that could help beginner females between the ages of 35 to 55 to achieve the goal of running 5Ks. And so for the last six, seven, eight months, I've just been working like probably 15 to 20 hours a week in designing, creating and putting this course together. And the course isn't being released probably for another three to four weeks, but we can start promoting it now. And basically what, what I am doing right now is I've created a cheat sheet. And so the, the course is basically going to be an online video course with everything that you need to be successful in running 5Ks for a beginner exerciser for a female, particular between the ages of 30, you know 35 to 55. There's hours and hours of video content. There's lessons. I've, I've designed it in a way that covers everything you need to know: technique, strength, flexibility, the program. And then each week, I kind of give you. There's a meeting with Bev, and in this meeting with Bev, I give you lessons that you need to know to be successful in the following week. And as you know, if you listen to this podcast, it's going to be mind strategies. It's going to be everything that I've learned over the last few years to help people achieve this goal. I'm really proud of the product. I didn't want it to be some crappy course. I wanted it to be a course where I went, if you if you get this course, there's a high, you know, you've just got the greatest chance of achieving the goal because there is no basis that I haven't covered in doing this. So what I have done before we start, because we're going to kind of put it to market in about three or four weeks from now, but I've, you know, just if you want to kind of jump on board and be one of those people who are, have access to it when I actually put it out there, I've put a website together called My 5K Dream, M-Y, the number 5K dream.com my 5k dream and i'll put a link to that in this week's show notes and if you go there now you can sign up for my free cheat sheet and what it is it's basically a seven seven what are the key seven key steps for people who want to run 5ks to achieving the goal of running 5ks and it's really funny actually because i had a one of my runners come up to me the other day and she said, you know, and she's just about to run 5Ks this week. And she said, you know, I've downloaded all these apps in the past and I've never actually achieved it. But by joining your running group, I'm now about to run 5Ks. And that's, that's the key is that the program's almost the easiest part, but it's all the lessons you need alongside it to be able to achieve the goal. And that's what my 5K dream is all about. So if you are interested in getting the program or if you know somebody in your world who you think would get a lot of value from my 5k dream go to my5kdream.com you can download my free cheat sheet and it's the seven seven steps to help females between the age of 35 to 55 to achieve the goal of running 5k's you get a free pdf and then you'll be on the database so that when i actually release the course you can get it and actually What's really cool is I'm actually, there's a free video series that I'm going to be releasing even if you don't get the course and it's got so much insight into it. So look out for that. So again, check out the link my5kdream.com and I'll put a link to it in this week's show notes on bevanjamesisles.com. Sign up for the database, you'll get the free cheat sheet and you actually end up getting a free video course from me that teaches you so many lessons which then could lead you into maybe even joining my5k dream. So I'm just really excited because as I said just before, I've worked really hard on this and I really, I've really, i really tried to make this a great product. I always think, you know, if you're trying to create content, do you help people change? You know that's my measure. And ultimately, when I put this course together is what can I do to give the person who gets this course 
every chance of success of running 5Ks. And not just running 5Ks, because for me, I want people to achieve the goal, but I want to then give you the lessons that can make you have exercise in your life for the long term. So again, if you're interested in this, check out the link, my5kdream.com, or if you know somebody who you think may get some value from something like this, if you know that you've got a workmate or a family member who you know would really value from, get value from something like this, send them the link because... I'm really proud of this product and I think it will help lots of people. Anyway, this week's show, there's some really exciting stuff coming up. Before I do, I want to talk about the patrons and I've got some pretty cool patrons. And I have got a new patron on the show this this fortnight. And actually, to be honest, in fairness to this patron, this patron signed up a while ago, I think even almost like two years ago, and has been a patron. And somehow in the process of me recording my patrons i miss this person they flipped me down and i said oh do you realize i'm a patron and i was like oh my god I'm, i felt really terrible to be honest and uh because this person has been a patron and it's actually a person i know her name is anna dungy and anna dungy is um a pretty phenomenal woman if i'm going to be really honest she's a an ironman triathlete so she's done ironman triathlon she's done triathlon for a very long time she's a very successful sports physio and it is this person who's highly intelligent you know just one of these people who's kind of always upgrading her level of knowledge in life who physically is you know just always trying to find a challenge she's just a real representation of someone who is understands the importance of growth in life and really is is puts a priority on growth in her life and i you know i've known anna for quite a few years now and i've just always admired her ability to just keep looking for that next level within herself in a, in a really kind of courageous way. She's just, you know, she's just pretty, she's bloody impressive if I'm going to be honest. And, um, you know, and so it's kind of nice to watch her sit beside her and just watch her career and what she's trying to achieve in her own life because she is just someone, you know, I love the person who's trying to grow and you know that what they're going to be 10 years from now is going to be more than what they are right now because they haven't just kind of sat in this spot. And, and the person who sits in this spot, often they regress because if you just sit in the spot, it's, you know, you don't really grow. And Anna is the total opposite of that. And um, so, you know, she's just, and she's also, I've got to be really honest, someone who's really supportive of my work. I often get people saying, oh, Anna, you know, put me onto your podcast and those types of things. So just appreciate you being a patron of the show, Anna. I, I, I love what you do in your life and within your own work. And uh, so your your nickname, and, and I, it's a pretty simple one, but I love it. It's Anna Doing It Dungy. And what I mean by that is you just, you're always doing it. You're always just trying to chase that growth. So, Anna, just, I love watching you and, and I really look forward to watching your progress in your future because you're just a pretty impressive woman. Also, another impressive woman is Paula the Powerful Punisher Green. We've got Marion Clatt in Momentum. We've got George Baker and he's the Wild Bull. And we've got Mary, I've Got the Power. So these are patrons of the show. If you want to be a patron of the show, just go to bevanjamesisles.com. You'll be supporting me and what I do. And also, I'll give you a, a, a pretty cool nickname, just like Anna Duin Janji. There we go. I'm going to put some music on, and we're going to get into the main gist of today's show. I, I, I got married a few weeks ago. You, if you've listened to the show, you may have known I got married a few weeks ago. It was, a, it was an exciting moment in my life. Uh, it was... You know, I, one of the nice things about my world is I know a lot of people, and, and nowadays with public um, social media, you know, your life's quite public, and so, so many people 
have seen my wedding photos and stuff like that. And it's really lovely. You know, I got married, I think it was over a month ago now. Yeah, seriously, it was coming a month. So, you know, even like this morning, someone came up to me and said, oh, I saw your photos. And it just, it's so nice how much people were interested in, you know, our wedding day. And, you know, you kind of, it's just lovely to talk about it. And it was such a memorable experience. And there's kind of an interesting thing that happened to me, and which has given me a deeper insight into how I communicate with others in life. And um, I had my, 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 it was a funny thing in our wedding because Joe had two people in her wedding party. She had her sister and her good friend Lucy. And she had a dilemma because she kind of, to have more than two meant she had to kind of really kind of juggle between maybe six people. And so she determined that for herself, she wanted just to have two people in her wedding party. And then I had the opposite dilemma of I had four solid people that I really wanted to have my wedding party but then because Joe was having two, there was kind of, is it going to be unbalanced? And in the end, we decided, it's our wedding, we're going to do what we want. And so I had my four, you know, my core best mates, um, my mate Duncan, my mate Jeff, my mate Mark, and my mate Shauno, Shauno, aka Shauno the Porno. And if you listen to my other podcasts, Shauno the Porno is quite a famous name within the Iron Talk world. And uh, I may have even mentioned him on this show in many times over the years. And when I sat down to do my speeches, I... I you know, like for a lot of men, when it comes to doing your wedding speeches, you know, it's it's kind of more about ribbing your mates, you know, giving them a bit of a hard time. And uh, and I didn't really want my speeches to be about that. I wanted my speeches to be very much about how these men mean a lot to me and what they've brought to my life. And unfortunately, when I did my speeches, I kind of stuffed up a little bit because I, I mentioned my mate Duncan um, first and I got him up and I stood up. And in my mind, the way I was going to do my speeches was I was going to quickly give them a bit of a ribbing and then I was going to go back to them and give them why they are important people in my life. So I got Duncan up and I gave him a bit of a ribbing. I got Sean up, I gave him a bit of ribbing, and then I got my mate Mark up, gave him a ribbing, but then I I went on to give why Mark was important in my life, and and why I admire him as a person, and then when I did my mate Jeff, I did the same thing, but unfortunately, because I combined it with Mark and Jeff, I forgot to go back to Duncan and Sean, and give them why they added value to me, and so um, after the the wedding, I kind of just went up to both of them, and just said, oh look, I'm Unfortunately, I forgot to do this, and here's why you were important to me. And um, and my mate Duncan, I talked to him about this. And my mate Porno, Porno is this guy who, maybe about seven or eight years ago, you know, we've been friends for cheapest creepers. You know, when you get to your nearly forty, you have friends who've been for years. And and Porno was one of my mates who, Porno is this guy who is just like an ultra achiever. He's a doctor in his, his chosen area, meaning he's got doctor and level in, um, in his chosen area. He's an Ironman triathlete. He's just this really intelligent guy, good guy, you know, he's just one of those guys. I remember someone at the gym said, you know, you and your friends just seem to have it all, and which I don't know if that's entirely true, but she knew porno and she was just saying, Harry's just this guy who's got it all and um, and he is. And porno and I were these, We I remember you know, seven or eight years ago, Sean and I sitting down and having these conversations where in his life, he was, he had a good life. He had a very successful career. He was high up the ladder in, in a career, but ultimately it wasn't what he wanted to be doing in his life. And and there were many rewards for the success he had in his career. He was earning a really good income. Um, you know, I imagine it was prestige because he was at quite higher level, um, but ultimately it wasn't who 
or what he wanted to be doing with his time. If you get to meet Shauna, there's there's this real underlying sense of he's someone who cares about sustainability in the world and in and, and many ways. And, you know, we think of the environment, we think of use of energy, we think of how business works. And, you know, even seven or eight years ago, Shauna and I would sit down and there was this kind of this real sense of I'm not that satisfied with my career. And I want to be someone who's doing this work over here, but right now none of that's happening. And and I've got to be really honest, I, I, I've sat beside Porno along his journey and um and watched how he's made choices. And he's made some really courageous choices um, that I really admire because you know now, you know, seven or eight years later I look at Sean's life and he has a career that's all about sustainability. He has a life that gives him freedom. You know, like he works four days a week because he wants to be a good dad. And it means that he has time to sit, spend with his child in, in a way that's really powerful and a way that can prioritize being a father before career. And, you know, and these are because he made choices seven or eight years ago, choices that many people don't make. And it was really interesting. I caught up with Sean, and I'm going to talk about this in a second. I caught up with Porno a few well, last week, actually. Um, and we just kind of said, oh, you know, how's life? And we, we go DMs, so we get deep and meaningful pretty quickly in our conversation. And, and it was just like, his answer was, my life's pretty great. You know, like he's in a really good place in his life right now. And as, as, as a friend who sat beside this man and just watched his choices and watched where he is. He's a real example of someone who is leading a more passionate life because he's made choices to do it. You know, he's sacrificed maybe some of the rewards that we think life should give us, things like financial rewards, things like prestige that maybe isn't that important. He sacrificed those things to to create a life which now he is living, which is that sense of greater purpose and greater passion. And I really admire that because there's so many people who can't give up the the luxuries of a life they don't actually like to to get to that place where porno is right now. And so it was really interesting to think about going back to porno and my wedding. So when it came to the moment, you know, so I wanted to talk about that kind of stuff. You know, I really admire his ability to create a life and it's something that I makes me reflect upon my life and it's a real value for me having a friend like this in my life and that was kind of the nice message I wanted to give but the ribbing part was actually the hard part for me so with porno the hard part for me was he's not an easy man to give a hard time on because he's he's a good guy he's successful um he challenges himself so you know like with my mate Marky Mark, there's some obvious ribbing to give with my mate Jeff there's some obvious ribbing with Duncan there's some obvious ribbing and, and I was really struggling to find how to rib, rib porno. And um, and after a moment, oh, just for the record, you might be wondering why we call him porno. And, and it's simply because porno rhymes with Shawno. It's, it, there's no deeper meaning there. There's no kind of twisted story around it. It's purely just for that reason. Anyway, so I was struggling to figure out how I could give porno a bit of a hard time. And then when I started to think about it, I realized that one of the porno's weaknesses is he's easily distracted. And what I mean by that is, is Shauno, if you're in a conversation with Shauno and something pops up into his head, he can almost just, you can almost lose him. You know, you can almost lose him. And what I discovered when I thought about porno and, you know, his being easily distracted, and it was funny, on my speech, I kind of gave him a hard time about being easily distracted. And you could see his friends in the room who were 
you know, who know him really well, including his wife, they all laughed because they knew I kind of hit it on the head. And the reason I hit it on the head is because ultimately Sean as a person is a person who loves a problem. He loves to problem solve. And so in a conversation, you might mention something and that will, now it'll be interesting to Sean, Sean listens to this podcast, so it'll be interesting to see what he thinks about this. I'll talk to them afterwards. But it, it, my interpretation of it is, is that when you're having a conversation with Sean, a problem may present itself. And in, in Sean's mind, he wants to solve that problem. He wants to try to figure it out. And so he'll go to where he needs to go to to try to figure it out. That that may mean that he needs to go grab his phone and try to figure it out. Or it might mean he just needs to go deeper into his thoughts. Or So he kind of easily gets distracted by the problem he's trying to solve. And I kind of thought to myself, that's a, that's a really interesting insight around Shono. And then what happened was, as I thought about that with Shono, it shifted the way I'm looking at how I communicate with other people. So one of the things that I've always tried to work on when I communicate with other people is this idea of trying to understand what they are truly trying to communicate with me. So when I'm having a conversation with someone, now there's different types of communication. There's communication where we're just sharing our experience, but there is that kind of communication where, you know, that deeper meaningful conversation, that conversation when someone's, you know, just trying to express to you, and when I'm in that place, where I'm trying to be within myself is this understanding of what it's, what are they really trying to, to communicate to me. And through my insight with Sean, this idea of the reason maybe he gets distracted is he sees a problem. And for him, the most important thing in that moment is trying to understand that problem or maybe even see solutions to that problem. And as I started to think about that, I started to think about when I'm interacting with other people and I thought about my wife Jo you know she's now gone from my partner to my wife but I thought about my wife Jo and you know often she'll come to me and I don't spend that moment of you know what is what is it that she's in right now so a I can try to understand as she communicates to me but really what mode is she in right now so when Joe comes to me, oh she's trying to problem solve right now or oh she's trying to be expressive right now or She's just trying to let something out emotionally. And through me thinking about Sean in that situation, that's, that's you know, so I've always tried to be in this place of try to understand. But now what I've done in my own way of communicating with people is I've kind of gone, what is it the mode they're in right now as they are communicating to me? So let's say Sean comes up to me and he's trying to communicate to me. If I can kind of go, what mode is he in? Okay, he's trying to problem solve. Okay, so how do I use understanding on top of problem solving? Or Joe, my wife may come up to me and she may be just trying to express because she has a problem, she, or not a problem, but she just needs to express something. So the mode she's coming up to me with is a need to express. So I need to understand based on expression. You kind of get where I'm going with this? And so when I think about how I'm communicating with my world, in the past I just hit it with try to understand but what I'm trying to do right now is I kind of try to is this experience has taught me a higher level is I'm trying to understand the mode first and then try to show understanding based around the mode and I'm finding my communication is going to another level so where am I going with this so then 
Porno, you know, I think he, he, I think he may even listen to his last podcast. And I was kind of saying one of my missions this year, I'm trying to think about where am I trying to grow this year? And, and I want to get to that point where I'm working less, spending more time on some of the stuff I talked about late last year, that kind of altruistic work, you know, going into schools, helping young people, helping families around fitness. It's, you know, in the second half of this year, that's what I want to be doing. And uh, so to have the opportunity to do that, I need to sacrifice some other areas. I also want to spend time with more people and that whole idea of having lunches with different people each week and stuff like that. And, and Shauna got in contact with me and said, let's catch up for a DNM. So we did. And last Thursday, we went out for breakfast um, and we caught up in the morning. And I kind of pretty quickly, Paul and I got into our DNM and we, we just kind of talked about where you're at. And, and Porno kind of in his and working with him and talking with him, he communicated that in this moment in his life, he sees there's a real opportunity. And he sees a real opportunity because his daughter's about to go to school. So his daughter's coming up five this year. And, you know, as a father, he's made choices, which meant he had time to be a father. You know, so he only works four days a week. And, you know, he actually, as a father, spends quite a bit of time with his daughter because he wanted to be a really great dad. And he understood to do that, he needed to have the time to do that. And so he's created a lifestyle that meant he had time. The thing is, once this year, once she goes to school, suddenly he has more time in his life. And so we, he kind of talked about how he sees this as an opportunity. And, you know, because now he may get, I'm not quite sure of the hours, but let's just say he gets an extra four or five hours a week. And this is an opportunity that he could then use for something in his life. And we, we kind of got talking and we, and we kind of started to think about, well, how would you want to use this time and so on and so on. And there was some kind of real things that he kind of expressed, you know, like he loves his career and he's working for a company that he really believes in, but he also sees as an opportunity for him to veer a little bit to the left and, and add other dimensions around this kind of sustainability work that he really believes in. And then we kind of started talking about this, this deeper level stuff. And ultimately we got to a moment where I love this question of, and this is a question that's been on my mind a lot lately, is how do you know you're solving the right problem? How do you know you're solving the right problem? Or maybe a better question, a better way of putting it is, what is the right problem to solve in my life? And when when Porno and I sat down, early on in the conversation, the, the problem seemed to be, and problem is not the right word because it was an opportunity, but let's just use that term. The problem seemed to be, how do I use this extra maybe four or five hours I'm going to gain in my week as my daughter goes to school to have the most impactful impact, on them, the biggest impact on my life in the ways that really matter to me. So I have an opportunity. I want to use this opportunity to do more sustainable work in really impactful ways. So that seemed like the main problem that he needed to kind of figure out in this moment. And as we went through our conversation, we kind of, you know, we just digged into it and we just DNM'd it. And it was really interesting the deeper, the, the kind of the more the layers we pulled back. And it was, A, it was really great to see Sean, I was just so honest in this kind of conversation that we had. And I kind of asked him some, some, some questions at him and I kind of said, you know, well, where do you want to have a bigger impact? And we were kind of just going deeper and deeper into it. And and I kind of, you know, one thing we discovered is that Sean is a very 
creative man and he sees himself as a creative man but he also sees himself not as a narrow focused man so i said my real strength as a person is that i can i can consume a million different ideas which then means when i look at a I look at a situation i have this broad spectrum of knowledge and understanding that can allow me to bring a different angle to a situation i'm not necessarily someone who can really narrow down on one kind of key target demographic and really focus on that i don't see that as my strength and i don't see that as how i enjoy it I'm almost almost like the sponge of a ideas and i just keep consuming this content so that when and and you know a problem needs to be solved i can come at it from maybe angles that that narrow person doesn't have and so that's how i see myself as a person and you know ultimately in this time i want to use that kind of perspective to have a bigger impact and I asked him this question that was, you know, I asked him this question of how do you become a person who does a TED talk? And what I meant by that was how do you become the person who has the bigger influence? How do you become the person who those in your world of sustainability see you as a real key thought leader, as, as a real main, you know, one of the people you know like if you think of any area in, in your industry i'm sure there's a you know five or six people in your industry that are the real leaders who are you know people think um you know if you want to talk about this subject you want to go to this person and it was really interesting because one of the things that sean said was i don't see myself as someone who creates original ideas I don't see myself as someone who creates original ideas. And it seemed that what he was saying is because I see myself as more of a broad spectrum person, I see myself as, you know, again, I, I take on all these ideas, which means that I can I can target a problem from these kind of different angles, which adds so much value. But because I don't see myself as a narrow-minded person, I don't see myself as original ideas. I don't see myself as being that person who's bringing originality to the situation. Now, in fairness, that's actually not true. Sean is actually quite, he is an original thinker. He's got lots of ideas and original thinking. But what we discovered was he doesn't give himself the creative time in his life to put all those kind of, that wide spectrum of thinking that he has to do creative work, which would make him see himself as an original person. Because for Sean, he's just never put that time aside to be creative. And when he has been creative, he was talking about how he, he did the new uh, the Boston Marathon last year. And he, he made a commitment to writing a blog every so often. And he said, the thing about ha you know making, I'm not sure how often it was, it might have been monthly. But he wrote a monthly blog. And, and because he committed to doing it, it made him actually sit down and be creative. And, and when he did that, he realized, oh, I do have some, something to add to this conversation. And so through this conversation, the ultimate conclusion, at least I got from as, as we walked away, and I think he may have got from it as well, was that the opportunity that his daughter going to school gives him is it gives him the opportunity to actually use creative time to create original work, which can make him then have more of an influence in the area that he wants to change the world in. That was the conclusion. Now, when we started the conversation, the conversation was, I have an opportunity to use time. I'm not sure how to use it. But by the end of the conversation, the kind of the conclusion we got to was that 
this time that I'm going to gain this four or five hours, I'm not quite sure exactly how it needs to be, the exact time frame, but this four or five hours I'm going to gain as my daughter goes to week to school means that in my week, I, I have time to develop my creativity and put work into my creativity, which can create work, which shifts my perception around me being an original person, because actually I have this broad spectrum, which if I can put creative work in, will shift how I am seen by myself, you know, that I am an originator. Because when I did the Boston Marathon work, I realized that actually I do have these original thoughts to add to the conversation of running. And then as that happens, my world will see me as someone who maybe eventually could do something like a TED Talk, or I'm someone within the world of sustainability that others will see this person can have an impact. Now, as I walked away from that conversation, that whole idea of, are we solving the right problem really came into my mind. And I think that's really why I want, that's what I'm hoping you're gaining from today's kind of talk, is that... Often we think there's a problem, but we don't actually think, what's the right problem I'm trying to solve? Now, in, in Porno's situation, what we're really talking about here is the right problem he, needed, he saw was that I have an opportunity to do some extra work. But he hadn't necessarily narrowed down what that the right, you know, the deeper level of the right problem, the deeper level of the right problem is how do I shift myself as someone who sees myself as an originator and how do I give myself the time or how do I use this time to do that and that is to do creative work. When I think about you, or at least when you think about yourself, what's the, what's, what's the area of your life right now where you're trying to solve some problems? It might be your health, it might be your fitness, it might be your career, it might be your family life, your home life, it might be relationships. You know, when you think about where you're trying to develop yourself right now, what's the problem you're trying to solve? What's the problem you're trying to solve? And, and, I, and the, what I'm, the reason I want you to think about this is I really want you to think about what are the deeper levels of this? Because the real value of the, or at least I saw from the conversation with Sean was, we got him closer to solving the right problem that he needed to solve. That his perception of himself hurt him from creating new work because he didn't see himself as an originator. But he has a history that shows him when he is creative, he does shift that perception and that he should be adding to the world of sustainability because he has so much value to add to it. And the more he puts that time into it, the more he'll create, the more he'll see himself as an originator, the more his world will see him as an influence, which will create more opportunity for him to have bigger impact on his world. Now, with this conversation, I'm, again, I need to talk to Sean about this after the, after the fact, and I'm sure I'm going to tell him to listen to this, and he might tell me I've got bits wrong, I'm sure he has, but I'm sure there's a clearer sense of what actions he needs to take now. So as he thinks about when my daughter goes to school and I get that five hours, he probably knows that, okay, now how do I actually make sure I'm doing creative work? And that's where I want you to think about yourself, is this whole idea of, What's the right problem? So I'll talk to myself right now. So, you know, I talk to you guys about how the second half of this year, my goal is to work less. And when I talk about working less, working less and needing to make money. Working less and needing to make money. Um, I've always had this underlying kind of fear slash driver of 
if I'm not making money, do I fall back to what I used to be? You know, and, and, and in some ways it's been a really powerful thing in my life, but it actually also has helped me back. And I look at my body of work right now and I look at where I'm spending my energy and there's an aspect of my energy which I can justify, but is it the most rewarding, most powerful work that I want to do in my career? And the answer is no. I, I, I enjoy that work, but the answer is ultimately no. The answer is I actually want to be doing more of some of the work I've talked about in this podcast, some of the work of I really do want to go into a school and see if I can have a big impact and learn some lessons that then I can create a product that I can take into to my communities and to take into, like it's, I, I remember one of the things I think a, a fitness professional, you know, in today's world, you know, everyone wants to be the biggest star on the internet or, you know, make, you know, be some big thing. But the most rewarding work a fitness professional can do is amazing work in your local community. And to me, that's what I want to be. But I also want to create a, a product that can let others do that in their community. So schools, you know, I've talked about I talked about this in the end of the year show last year around my goal this year is to start building that work. And to me, I see that as really powerful work. I, I would like to spend more time in my own business. I, you know, I don't spend enough time in my own business making it better. And I'd like to spend more time on that. So it's these kind of levels of work. I don't want, I want to work less so I can spend time with different types of people, which helps to broaden my understanding of the world. You know, like that's something, you know, so I kind of have a sense of where I want to be in the second half of this year. But what's the real problem? What's the real problem? If I, you know, what's the problem I need to solve? Well, the problem I need to solve is me letting go of the fear of not earning enough money. That's the real problem I need to solve because if I cannot let go of that, then I'm always just going to keep saying yes to those things which are justifiable, okay, but aren't actually what I want to be doing in my body of work. Like when I think about my legacy of work at the end of my life, when I look back and I go, you know, look at an amazing legacy of work that I've achieved in my life well sure the stuff some of the work that I'm doing right now I can go yeah that was cool and there are aspects of my life where I go man this is I'm really wanting like this podcast I love doing this podcast and this will be something that will continue on into the next few years and, and actually I want to do more work on this and I want to do better work on this because this is something I really believe in but there'll be other aspects that I'll just let go of but if I can let go of those things and I can do more of the legacy work, that's really powerful. But for me, the bigger problem I need to solve is how do you let go of the fear of having to earn so much income? How do I let go of that? And that's the problem that I'm working on within myself over this next period of time. And when I think about that, then I need to start thinking about what actions do I need to take? So for example, if I turn down something that would bring me in an income which I'm used to earning and and get a sense of, like in my mind, I have, here's what I, well, what I need to bring in each week. I have a number in my head of what I need to bring in a week. And, 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 I'm, and I'm really good at hitting that number. And so when someone comes along and offers me an opportunity that makes me hit that number, I, I often say yes just because that means I'm going to hit that number. I live in a funny world. I'm self-employed. I own my own business. And so... And when you live in that world, you're not guaranteed your weekly income. It's almost like, you you know, you just don't know week to week. Admittedly, my history tells me it's fine, but that's the thing. So my I need to let go of that. That's the thing I need to work on. That's the problem I need to let go of. Because when someone comes along and says, can you do this? And it doesn't fit in what I see my legacy work doing. 
and I still say yes to it, why am I still saying yes to it? Why am I still saying yes to it? Now, if I was 20 and I wasn't paying my bills and I was trying to get ahead in life financially, well, yes, I'm going to say yes to it at that moment. But I'm in a different stage in my life right now. I'm in a stage in my life where I am more financially secure. I don't need to have these fears that are still ingrained in me. And so what I'm trying to learn is the real problem I need to solve for myself this year and that will give me the opportunity to do the work that I've talked about on this podcast is how do I let go of that? And then once I've figured that out, now that I've figured it, that's my real problem. That's the problem that's holding me back from having that next level of life, which is actually me just spending all my time doing legacy work, powerful work that really impacts on my world in ways that I'm just, you know, just so fulfilling for me and, and the world that I touch. And so for me then, once I've figured out my real problem, now I'm starting to take actions. And when I think about those actions, so saying no to opportunity. It's interesting, I got, before today's show, I got an email for, to offer to do some work before today's show, and it was really well-paid work. It was um, work I could enjoy, but I've done it for so many years, I'm actually not that challenged by it. So the, the only reason I would look to do it was for money. Now, my instant response was, yes, I'll do it because of the money. And then I stopped and I thought about it. And this is the moment I'm trying to work on. The, the learning to take actions in this moment and how do I solve this problem of me making better choices around that? That's my main problem. That's the problem I need to be solving right now. And if I go back to that question of for you, what's the real problem you need to be solving right now? It's a really deeper way of looking at it. Because the real problem, if you'd asked me earlier in the year, it would have been, well, the problem is I'm working too much um, and I want to be spending more time doing this. But the real problem, if I go deeper, is I need to let go of the fear of thinking I have to have a certain amount of income to be safe in the world. Now, once I understand that, I can create a much wiser plan where it's hitting the real problem. And so as I think about you right now and, and you're listening to this, and you think about the real problems that you need to solve. So right now, in your own mind as you're listening to this, identify one area. Now, again, the Bevan James Oil Show is meant to be a fitness show, but you know the show, you know, it goes anywhere. But I'll talk to fitness. Maybe it is that I need to get fitness in my life. You know, that's the real problem. You know, I was actually listening to an interview of Neil deGrasse Tyson. If you know who he is, he's this kind of genius <laughs> um, who... Is, is seriously just like genius thinker in science and, and a real promoter of science. If anything, he has a career, he's a, obviously a genius, but he, he's his career is very much around just promoting scientific thinking to, to the everyday person. Um, and I know if you know him, he's a very famous person. And if you don't know him, check out his work. The guy's very much worth listening to. And he was talking about his fitness recently and how just he's just so busy, it's fallen off the wagon. And he was a guy who, as a kid, wrestled and stuff. So, he, you know, he does know, he does have a history of exercise. And so his problem is that he just doesn't have time. So when you identify for you, what's your real, you know, if you were to say to yourself, I want to have exercise in my life and it's not happening, why do you think that's the case? But then if you were to kind of, Think about those first two or three answers that pop into your head. Why don't you even go deeper than that? So like I did with Porno in our conversation, well, he kind of said, oh, I have an opportunity. The, the thing is, I don't know what to do with that opportunity. That, that's what he saw his problem was. But then when we started to dig deeper and go, what's the real problem? 
The real problem was he sees himself as a broad thinker, not a narrow thinker, which means he doesn't see himself as an originator. But actually he is, he just doesn't give himself the time to be creative, which would reinforce he is an originator. And that's what I want you to think about is choose one area, choose one area right now. Is it fitness? Is it eating? Is it, you know, it's funny when I work with my clients, one of the things you discover is it's, that's never the food. It's never, you know, the knowledge. You know, my client base, the people I work with, they know what they should and shouldn't eat. It, it's often around stress. It's often around emotions. It's often around history. It's often around bad planning. You know, these are the real problems people need to be solving. And when working with me as a mentor slash coach, that's what I am there to do. I'm not there to say, here's what you should eat. You kind of know that. I'm here to say, what's the real problem we need to be working on? Interesting, I had a session with a client the other day who I've actually talked about on the show quite a lot recently. And uh, she's made so much progress. And one of the real problems we discovered is that her career hurts her because she always says yes to everything, even when she knows it's going to come at a cost that makes her life unhealthy. She just says yes to everything. And because she says yes to everything, she gets overloaded with work, which then means she has to pull away from things that keep her healthy. She gets stressed. It creates, you know, she doesn't just leave work. Work owns her all the time because she can't release when she leaves work. Now, we could say the real problem is stress, but what if we go deeper? The real problem is she needs to develop strategies to put boundaries around her life, her work life. She needs to learn how to overcome her need to say yes to everything because that gives her a sense of esteem, but it actually works against her. So we really dig deep. Now, we could say, well, you know, you need to eat less. And definitely we've looked at those things, you know, strategies around all the areas that are going to help her make better choices. But if we never address the fact that she keeps saying yes to every opportunity at work or anything that's ever asked of her, she's never going to progress because she's always going to be under that high level of stress behind the eight ball. So while you may think, I'm not exercising because I'm lazy and I need to find, you know, that's the problem I need to solve, or I don't eat well because I'm just bad at eating, if you can go deeper, you can figure out the real problem to solve. And that's what we did with my client, you know, in our last session. We said, okay, well, the one, you know, you're always overworked. You're always high stress and you can never let work go. So the real problem we need to solve for you right now is how do you set boundaries and how do you learn to say no? And we actually went through this kind of process. We kind of set through this process. Okay, when an opportunity comes up to you, the first thing you need to do is you need to, what we talked about how for this person, the first thing they need to do is to have a delaying answer tactic strategy. So when if I were to come up to you and I were to say, look, I need you to do this. Well, traditionally, this person would just say yes and not even think about how it fits into their world. And so the first thing we said is, okay, you've got to, you've got to say, can I get back to you because I need to see if I can fit this in my calendar. So it was kind of this delaying tactic that allowed me to explore, can this fit in? And then once, then once I've done that, then I've got to go through this process of, okay, well, how much time do I have? What projects do I have? Could this fit in? If it does fit in, what has to go? How do I let that go? So there's kind of a series of questions that we put in place, this process that allowed them to assess, can I say yes to this? Is this worth my time? Is this relevant to my career or the work that I'm meant to be doing? And then at the end of it, we also said, what's the strategy you need to be able to do to communicate back to the person if it's a no, if it's a yes, and so on? So we're really trying to develop a strategy that's going to help them become better at setting boundaries to say no, which then means they live in a much less stressed place, which then means they can be a healthier person. Do you see where I'm going with this? 
health and fitness is so much more than just you need to do exercise and you need to eat less and often we just think that's the problem we need to solve i need to eat less i need to exercise but when we think about it and we think about some of the experiences i've shared today sean's lesson he has an opportunity but the real problem he needs to solve is he needs to be creative in that time that allows him to see himself as an originator this other client of mine She's busy, she, she, she eats poorly because she's stressed, but she's actually stressed because she just says yes to everything. So the real problem she needs to solve is learning how to communicate, create boundaries and give herself a process to win in that. So once, and for me, my real problem is I need to let go of the need to earn this number in my head that I think means I'm going to be safe in life. Because actually that number stops me from being free. So when those opportunities present themselves, like the one I had today, I need to learn my processes, my system, to help me get through that. So what's it for you? What's it for you? What's the problem that you need to solve in your life? But then, go deeper. It's not that I need to eat less. I need to what? And, and maybe even once you get to the next layer, go deeper again. Go, go deeper and deeper until you really figure out what the real problem is. Because once you can start to understand what the real problem is, then you can put strategies in place that allow you to learn how to get through this. Like my client who is overloaded with work right now, they can really work on the strategy. And they'll come back to me and some parts will work and some parts won't work. And that's what we, you know, that's what you learn. When I think about Shauno, He'll, he'll put some strategies in place in that time when his kid goes to school to allow him to be creative. And at first he might not get it, but he knows that I'm working towards being creative, which allows me to be original. And over time, he'll win that battle. And then suddenly, he'll be successful in the path he's on. My client will be successful. For me, what strategies am I going to use? So once you can really figure out the real problem, then you can figure out how you solve it. And then you can evolve how you solve it. And then ultimately... You're going to be in that place where that thing is gone and you're actually developing yourself in really powerful ways. And, and how do I always remember the show? You'll be a much higher, better version of yourself if you do that. So I've got some, uh, hopefully you've got something from that. Hopefully there's some some thinking to do and as I as I believe this takes work you've got to spend some time on yourself you've got to put that time aside you've got to do that work I think of it back to Anna Dungy the, the person who became the patron today Anna do it Dungy <laughs> um, Anna is somebody who has always done this work and I talk about how I, I admire her her sense of growth and uh, one of the things I know about Anna is she puts time aside in her life to make sure she grows so sure you can be inspired or maybe I've helped you do some thinking today but actually, the thing I want to, to reinforce is this only happens if you're willing to put the time aside to work on yourself. So make sure you do that as well. I got a really cool email from, based on last week's last time show, I actually got quite a few emails about this, but um, just one really cool one. So last time I talked about this whole idea of kind of the better use of your energy. And actually, I had some really cool discussions with lots of people about this. Um, this whole where are you wasting energy in your life and actually what is that costing you an opportunity to move towards better use of your energy and uh, one of a lady I know called Libby she's actually a patron of the show as well 
Um, I can't actually find your name here. It will be here somewhere. We'll get it in a second. Wait a second. I'm going to do a search. I'm going to pause. I'm back in a second. It was all in. Libby, all in, Hilda. And, and the reason I say that is because Libby, there's, there's one gear, I tell you. And it's all in. Like we do these track sessions with the runners and you kind of, there's hard sections and easy sections. I, I don't really have to tell Libby to go harder ever, but sometimes I have to tell her to slow down because she's kind of one gear with her. But basically she was just, she sent me through an email and Libby had a really interesting experience. She did New York Marathon, I think a year ago or two years ago. Um, and it was a bit of a horrible experience for her. She, she kind of, it was an injured experience the whole way and, and so on and so on. But she just sent me an email about this whole idea of, um, you know, this energy you live in. She got just listened to your latest podcast. God, I wish I'd listened to this before New York Marathon. I was worried about the race and would I finish. I never had a positive thought and it zapped my energy and cost me the enjoyment of the race experience. For example, Melbourne, she did the Melbourne Marathon. I had no expectations. I went to bed every night dreaming of just being positive and seeing me finish in a positive way. And basically, she's based, she's currently doing my ten k group. She, she after New York, her knee was pretty screwed. She had an operation, and she was almost told she told she could never run again. But she's actually slowly come back into it. She did my five k programs, and now she's she's back up to ten k's. And she says, "I'm having some issues right now with Club Ten K's. It's my ten k product. I know I can do the run, but I put pressure on myself, and I think about it all day before the said day runs." I knew this was not a positive thing, but listening to you, it just made me realize that I have to be positive about my runs, that I'm really here to enjoy it, not just to run the times that I was able to do in the past. So right now, because she's taken quite a big step back from maybe what she was in the past, it was almost ruining her experience because she was putting her energy into that. And listening to the podcast it made her realize had that awareness of her New York experience was actually far from what it could have been because she put her, all her energy into kind of worrying about the race in which she finished. Whereas if she could have seen, you know what, I've got a bad knee, it's going to be what it's going to be, how do I make the most of it, it could have been a much more positive experience. And in this moment, while she's actually winning because she was told she couldn't run ever again, which is, you know, running 10Ks again, she's doing it again she's putting pressure on herself whereas actually she should just be putting her energy and look at what i'm gaining from this experience and she's just saying the podcast really helped to reinforce that message for her and so you know if you haven't listened to the last podcast go back and listen to it because it is one of those things if i do love this idea of where are you spending your energy in life so i um, mean ultimately kind of catching when you're wasting it and things that you know shift it shift it away like it you know shift it away because um there's an opportunity to put it elsewhere and it elsewhere could be a much better place so just something to think about um again my 5k product i'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it it's it's called my 5k dream i've tried to do really great work guys and if you are someone who's interested in it i've created a cheat sheet which is basically a free pdf which gives the seven tips for people starting out non-exercises slash runners to run 5Ks, but actually what it's leading toward is I'm giving a three free video series, which can be coming out in a couple of weeks now. So if you go to my, my website, my5kdream.com, and you go there and you just click on that, you can get the cheat sheet, but then when I send out the free video series, you'll be in it for that as well. So just go in there. It's all going to be happening in the next month or so. So also, if you know somebody who you think will get value from this, you know, one of the things I'm most proudest of with my running business is we've got a marketing budget, don't get me wrong, but 50% of our product, our sales come from word of mouth because 
we help people achieve the goal. And so if you know somebody who you think might want to get into exercise and has fear or history of, of exercise failure in their past, send, send them the link. Say, look, this is worth checking out. So go to my5kdream.com. I'll put a link to that in bevanjamesisles.com. I will let you know a little bit more about that over the next few episodes because, again, it's, it's coming out real soon. And, I'll, and I really, you know, my measure is how many help people can I help. And I really think this is a product that can help a lot of people. I'm, I'm pretty excited. So check it out. Um, I'll be back in a couple of weeks' time. I may have an interview. It might be another little period of time before I get an interview because it's not the interview that's hard. It's the coordinating the interviews. And I just haven't had much time to do that. But I'll be back. If not, hopefully you enjoy what I'm doing here anyway. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Rock on. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep growing. See you soon.